Welcome to Kibi on Liberty. Sienna, hey, what's going on? Hey, Matt. It's good to finally have this conversation, um, and I've I've been wanting to do this, but I have to say I'm a big fan of what you do at Free the People. Mm-hmm. Uh, your podcast, I don't know what to call it. Like, it's not a podcast, it's a show. Like, you can watch it, it's a video. But your show, Leaving the Left for Liberty, is, is to me a, a very cool and different take from from what I do because I, I think like an economist and and I I, I I try to rescue myself from that that very rigid way of thinking about things but I do but you think about like an artist mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of the folks that you've talked to um, particularly your mom which I totally want to get into that one um, you, it's not fair you had an inside track with her <laughs> um, but I, I I love the podcast leaving left for liberty and uh, welcome. We're going to talk about that. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. And I'm really honored that you've brought me on. Um, it's interesting that you bring up our differences because I think, yes, we, we have some tension and some differences. But in a way, over the past year, I've been on a similar journey of straying from my art and my artistic approach to conversation. Maybe that doesn't show, but in, in my mind, in the privacy of my mind, I have... Um, I have fallen to the facts and figures, you know, facts over feelings, um, standpoint, you know, outlook, and we can talk more about why and how I've been coming back to my art and realizing um, from reflecting on some of the early articles and, of course, the Real Unity documentary that we did early on. You you, you remind me of, uh, you sort of quoted uh, Ben Shapiro there, and he says your, your feelings don't. The facts don't care about your feelings. Is that how he says it? Yeah. And I think he's actually wrong. I think your feelings don't care about the facts is a better way to think about how people process the world. They process the world through their emotions. And and, and obviously facts matter because um, getting the facts wrong has has sometimes tragic humanitarian consequences. But um, I've I've had to realize that... um, that art and beauty and um, the way that people get turned on to something or turned off is far more important than than my economic logic when it comes to that and and you can you can you can do both and you should do both but it's interesting that you started on the other side and now you're like pouring through spreadsheets you you (laughs) poor person (laughs) pouring through basic biology mostly (laughs) yeah like um um you, you now know finally what a woman is because you mm. you looked on Wikipedia, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think I always knew, but now yeah. I'm, I'm very passionate about stating it any any moment that I can. <laughs> you knew a woman when you saw one. Uh, I, yeah, mostly. I mean, nowadays I do have to take a double take, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a couple of Blair White figures out there, but. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to get Blair on your show? I don't know. We haven't been in touch. You should. Um, so here's, uh, um, I was thinking back to the first time we met, which was um, digitally, as all great relationships now start in our digital world. Mm -hmm. And it was during lockdowns and Free the People had hosted these um, Liberty Pubs. And you showed up on one 
And I don't exactly know the origin story, but somehow you found us and you, you maybe you found one of our videos or something. Can you can you explain how you found us? I found you on Parlor. Okay. And when I first found you on Parlor, I didn't want to admit that I found you on Parlor <laughs> because of how heightened the discourse was around sure. that app and um, some of the discourse that was happening on that app. I wasn't sure if I wanted to associate myself with it, but you know, who cares? That's the truth. I found you on Parlor. It seems um, Logan over here doesn't remember that or he was not there. Somebody made a post that you were seeking articles. Mm -hmm. And um, the first article that I pitched to you guys was called A Loving Letter to My Friends Who Voted Red. And I remember the line that you pulled to tweet the article was that the most polarizing position you can take is uninhibited love. Yeah. Why did you pull that line? Um, because one, one, it's provocative, and two, it's true, and and particularly now, and it's it's ironic that you saw it on Parlor because we we were we still are um, trying to diversify from from platforms that may in fact decide to pull us down or censor us. And it would be sort of ironic if they pulled something like that down, but I'm, I expect anything anymore. Um, everybody wants us to be tribal. Everybody wants us to fight with each other. And when, when I think about the, the ideological spectrum, and maybe you've heard me talk about this, it's not, it's not really left versus right, it's up or down. And at the bottom is all of these ugly flavors of authoritarianism, um, the regime in Iran is one of them, but as you as you work up to the top, I decided that love is at the top, because at some point you learn how to tolerate each other above above this line. Like below the line is all this these power structures that are forcing people to live, do things that they don't want to do, and you start to work your way up to tolerance, and at some point you might actually respect other people, but. It takes, it takes a lot of courage to, to love somebody else. Um, so that's why. Um, that's a long answer, but that's why. Uh, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. It's funny that, you know, I actually have been looking at it in a, in a way from a more intellectual standpoint. And similarly, in some cases, maybe when I started out, I was a little bit more kumbaya. Mm -hmm. um, but now I see the top as authoritarian, you know, top down approaches, and the bottom as a grassroots, you know, I'm a gardener. So yeah. I think about that, um, like the fertile soil. And uh, um, I think truth, well, just in this, you know, sort of inverse way of looking at it, I think truth is the foundation that we need. And the tension between truth and freedom is tricky yeah. because, you know, in Real Unity, our documentary that we co-created, I was saying we're all flowers of one garden and uh, diversity of thought and we can unify over mm -hmm. this. Everyone, kumbaya. <sighs> no. Not yeah, you, you've decided that that doesn't really work. No, I mean, not anymore. Not currently. Maybe in some, maybe in the future. Maybe. But I struggle... Um, because I, I don't want to have a utopian point of view. I think that that actually can be very dangerous if you're not grounded in principles mm -hmm. rather than platitudes. I'm not saying diversity of thought is a platitude. Um, it could turn into one because a platitude is a hollow statement that once had good foundation, good intentions, but 
within the context of conversations now, I think it actually has become a platitude as of now because um, you wanted to talk about the woman life freedom movement. I've been thinking about what woman life freedom evokes in a socio-political context here mm -hmm. in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, uh, my... Um, my, my mom, I wouldn't say my mom's relatives, but, you know, uh, people, particularly young people, both men and women, even children who have been slaughtered by the revolution, they're chanting woman, life, freedom, yeah. braver than any of us have been in the U.S. because they have to be. And it's frankly, I think it's pathetic yeah. that in this country, there's so much cowardice and ignorance and it seems forgetting about what is a woman. Mm -hmm. An adult human female, for God's sakes. Um, life evokes a whole nother <laughs> topic of, uh, you know, pro-life, pro-choice. And freedom, I would say, is kind of the least polarizing word out of the three. I, I think um, at least liberal means free. So there's there's that. I'm, I'm curious um, with, you know, with Sam's documentary coming out on our channel mm -hmm. about the woman life freedom movement in Iran, where your head has been at. So, um, it, by, by the way, I think the word freedom is, is also um, controversial now. It didn't used to be, like liberty would be a very controversial word because, because it invokes um, classical liberal values and, and skepticism of big government, but freedom was, was more broadly like, you know, free to create, free to go about your business, whatever, whatever people wanted to drop into that. Um, we, you know, we, we, did, we did an earlier um, video about the student protesters in Hong Kong, and I'm I'm fascinated by this idea that um, courageous people can can bet everything, usually their lives, to step up and and fight against tyranny. and And the most powerful tyrannical governments historically have, in fact, fallen just because they lost the people. And the people is not really a collective. It's some brave person that steps up first. And then three people do it. And usually that first person dies, right? Tank man, classic example. Um, students stepped up and obviously um, this, this fight for freedom in China is nowhere near resolved. Um, same is true in Iran. It's been, when, when did the, the regime come in early 70s 1979 right? and okay. that's when my mom left yeah um let well let's tell that story because this is this is one of your one of your best shows and and i would encourage everybody who likes this show to watch your show leaving the left for liberty um youtube or freethepeople.org i'm sure a thousand other places we publish it you you can find it if you're inventive but you, you your mom uh, and and this this is a story you you discussed with your mom. Your mom fled um, the the Iranian regime's takeover in 1979, like right after. Right? She's like, I they will kill me if I stay. Her parents knew that if she were to stay, she would probably cause a ruckus. Yeah. And. My mom and I have a lot in common temperamentally. Didn't want to admit it when I was younger, but we both started out kind of shy. 
I don't know that for sure. It's hard to believe that about my mom. If you watch the show, um, yeah. our two-part interview, it's like, can you imagine? She was ever shy, and even I was ever shy. Um, and gradually, due to life circumstances, uh, the the wild nature of the uprising in Iran and personal developments, she came out of her shell. And it, it this actually reminds me of something I've heard from so many dissidents over the past year of the Leaving the Left for Liberty series, mm -hmm. because on the series and privately, I can't tell you how many times whistleblowers and dissidents, at least the contemporary ones that I know, have constantly said they felt like they didn't have a choice right. but to speak out. And what a paradox that is, right? Like they're advocating for individual liberties, liberty, and they're saying, but I don't have a choice. And I do wonder... Because everybody else is just passively watching this horrible stuff happen. They're afraid to act or maybe they don't care enough to act. When the woman life freedom movement started, as almost any, whenever any movement starts, I have mixed feelings because I absolutely hate the performative virtue signaling. Sure. And in a way, I prefer the struggle of like getting people to pay attention and care. But I'd rather do that on an individual level rather than the media saying, oh, now you should care. And I resent that if I'm being honest, because for my whole life, off and on, but you know, rather consistently throughout my life, ever since I could remember, there's been whisperings in my ear of, my cousin being imprisoned in Iran and leaving. And we, we tell a, a fuller story of that on my show with me and my mom. Um, my cousin being imprisoned and it, interestingly in prison, um, as with a lot of Baha'is, we're, we're members of the Baha'i faith in our family, um, religious minorities, which I do think is an interesting perspective because we often think of minorities in regards to race. How many, um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm completely ignorant of this, how many sure. different religious um, um, flavors are there? Because it, it's very tribal and the, the government is X and, and how big is your mom's faith? Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining me today on Kibbe on Liberty and for being part of our fiercely independent audience. Every week, my organization, Free the People, partners with Blaze TV to bring you this show. My guests bring smart perspectives on everything from current events to timeless philosophical debates. If you like what you hear, go to freethepeople.org KOL and support Kibbe on Liberty so we can continue to produce these honest conversations with interesting people. Now, let's get back to it. Right. And Iran... Um there are many Muslims, there are, there are Christians, there are Jews, there are Baha'is, there are Zoroastrians, which is actually uh, more true to the roots of Iran. There's, there's a misconception out there, I don't know how common it is, but there's a misconception out there that Iran's roots are in Islam. That's not true. Iran's roots, they run much deeper and much more ancient um, to Zoroastrianism, which as I understand it and as I was brought up with flavors of that, mm -hmm. um, there's like, I mean, there's plenty of research you could do, but I just kind of want to give like big picture feel of it. Like there's, there's fire like jumping over the fire every spring equinox in Nor at Nauru's. Um, there's the lion. There's there's bravery. There's actually a, a vision of what looks like an eagle mm -hmm. on one of the main flags, 
And actually, when the Women Life Freedom Movement started, a comment came through on my Facebook. And one guy, a conservative guy who I usually agree with on everything, was like, um, this must be a PSYOP. Could be. But he's like, this must be a PSYOP. Why are women all of a sudden in Iran wanting to be like us, Westerners? And I'm like, um, screw you, respectfully. And I, I, I said it. Well, I didn't say screw you, but I that that's what I said in the privacy of my own mind. And then I calmly briefly explained ancient Persia is a much older civilization than our baby country of the U.S. Not to downplay how great America is, but that's just the truth of the matter. Yeah, yeah. And women, ha particularly Kurdish women and Masa Amini, um, who was, who, you know, whose death sparked the woman life freedom movement rather recently, she was Kurdish. Uh, as I understand, I think I do have Kurdish heritage as well, way back when, there's nomads, musicians, ancient history of art in my family. Um, remind me where I was going with this. So we were, um, we were talking about your mom and her, her likely persecution, one, as, as the wrong faith, yeah. and two, as someone that her parents knew was going to be feisty. Right. She was going to speak up. Right. She couldn't stay silent. Yes. And um, I think one of the themes here is minorities and remembering that there's a variety of types of minorities. Mm -hmm. There's even just minority voices, minority opinions. Yeah. And with regard to religious freedom, um, by the time the Islamic Revolution rolled around, you really didn't have that. And... But it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even just about about religion with your mom, and and this mm -hmm. this is this is this theme I find so powerful. Um, it was um, her voice as an artist, as a as a creator, as someone that that had a powerful way of explaining beauty. And I think mm -hmm. I think that's what tyrants are most afraid of. Um, they're not afraid of me quoting my favorite economists. <laughs> I'm not, the people are not going to take to the streets for that, um, but we've we've noticed this pattern. Um, I, d I didn't know the story in Iran. I could have assumed it intellectually because you see it with every authoritarian regime. What happens is they um, the guy that takes over they literally seek out the musicians and the artists and the poets and the actors and they either kill them or jail them because that's where the dissidents come from. Um, thinking about the Velvet Revolution, Terry and I gave a speech in, in Prague this summer and the, the Prague Spring was crushed and it was a band, the Plastic People of the Universe, that actually um, started the revolution. Mm. And they weren't revolutionaries, they just wanted to be free to play. And that's mm. the danger and, and I, think, I think that's I don't know this, you tell me, but is, isn't that why your parents, uh, your grandparents were worried that your mom would get in trouble? In a sense. Interestingly, my mom was not, I, I, I don't think she was calling herself an artist back then, but they knew she had an, we can say artistic tendencies, yeah. <laughs> art, art curious. A way of thinking about the world. Yes, a, a way of Disruptively. being. Disruptively. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so your mom came to the United States. Um, what's your origin story? The first article that I wrote in 2020, wrote and published, was called, You Won't Fool This Child of a Revolution. 
I actually wrote that um, the night before something big happened, which really shaped the context of the article. I was just writing um, from my heart and mind um, the similarities that I was noticing between the Islamic Revolution in Iran, which started in 1979, and the uprising of BLM and Antifa Mm -hmm. in 2020. And then I woke up the next morning. I kid you not. I woke up the next morning and BLM in Oakland, California was chanting death to America, which is the chant that sparked the Islamic revolution in Iran in 1979. The synchronicity pushed me to publish it. Yeah. And maybe, maybe not an accident that that the chant was the same. And you were, um, I always call you a Bernie bro. Is that, is that a fair characterization? I'm not a bro. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, yeah, I guess so. He looks a lot like my dad. I st- honestly, I still haven't really gotten over him. Yeah. So, so you, <laughs> but you were a Bernie Sanders supporter in 16? Yes. And, okay. and likewise in early 2020, I voted yeah. for him. Yeah. Sorry. Um, don't be sorry. I, I, I actually get this. I, I think that, um, um, for Ron Paul kids and Bernie kids, because both of these guys attracted primarily young people. The energy, the revolution, the Ron Paul revolution was a revolution of young people. And 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 years ago, I made a video about this comparing Bernie to Ron. They're kind of the same, and this upsets. This will upset all my Ron Paul people. Um, this will upset all my Bernie people yeah, if they're still my people. It's <laughs> at, a, at a very superficial but emotionally powerful level, they're railing against the machine. They're complaining about unchecked authoritarianism. Uh, maybe it's never ending wars, maybe it's mass incarceration, it's the war on drugs. Um, and, and, and I think like Bernie's mostly been good on, on questions of free speech as, as someone who's um, a minority within his own caucus. Um, and I love, that frame because I think if you go, if you go to the heart mind thing again, emotionally, you could be a Ron Paul guy and then be a Bernie guy. Intellectually, there's a disconnect when when um, Bernie Sanders is mass is is complaining about endless war, or um, or the, Bernie's also bitched about the Federal Reserve, central banking, banksters mass incarceration these are all stories about unchecked government power so i think there's a disconnect when you when you complain about this authoritarianism and abuse of power and crony capitalism but then say that's why we need to give government more power but i i i totally understand why someone would be turned on by bernie because looking at the the slate of candidates you're like this is the only guy that seems to believe anything and and that anti-authoritarian streak, particularly when he's talking about um, war powers, stuff like that. I love it. He's great. Um, wish he was more consistent. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for go- going to that space of balancing the heart and mind with me. It's a challenging space on an individual level, really. Um, and I see what you're saying between the similarities and, of course, the stark difference. Uh, maybe I'm putting it too plainly, but the, I think the stark difference is the top-down approach rather than the grassroots up. And 
as much as I might have some sentimentality toward Bernie and appreciation, which we can share, even on an intellectual level, I mean, it's a clear choice that I, I am for the individual. And as an artist, as a poet, as even a gardener, making the world a more beautiful place, I understand that we need fertile soil and we need autonomy. Yeah. Was it that, was it that BLM chant that did that flip a switch? Was it suddenly like something, something's wrong, I'm in the wrong place? Something's wrong, but then I also um, cautiously felt right. It made perfect sense that I would publish that article. And it's a pretty thorough article of the history. I encourage people to read it, especially now with the woman life freedom movement mm -hmm. rising and people's curiosity peaked. What I, I, I will say I take some humble pride in, um, mostly humility in, is that my mom raised me to ask questions and to think deeply, think for myself, and yes, look at the history, look at the facts, we'll say, use my mind, and then take it to a place of heart. And I don't think that that's cheesy. I, I've noticed there's some comments on our channel about that. I really don't care. Because that's who I am, and the you're you're forcing people out of their comfort zone. <laughs> these these are probably wrong Paul guys who are quoting dead economists with me. So, oh, okay, we're, just All put right. up with us a little bit longer. I love you guys. No, I love. I actually love that we we um, as many of us individuals in the liberty movement can disagree and kind of tease each other, and it's really helped me build a bigger, uh, develop a thicker skin. Um, what I what I wanted to share with you is that that article led to several questions, mm -hmm. one being a very mystical question. And I introduced my mom always as a mystic, and I do consider myself one as well. And I asked, I, I thought about death to America on a deeper spiritual level and the notion of death and rebirth and death maybe even being an illusion. And I wondered, what does that chant evoke? on a deeper level. And for those who aren't ready to have our country die and be reborn, which I think is our spiritual destiny, what does it mean for them? It's like death to the naysayers. I, unfortunately, I think that's true. I think, I think authoritarians, when they chant death to anybody, and this, this is what's so scary about where we are in America, because I, I think we've We've so centralized everything in our politics, and and you know if your guy doesn't win the White House, um, you you think that your tribe, that the, the losers are going to get decimated, and there's more and more talk of that that, that comes not just from this White House, but I, I think I think the right's guilty of this as well. Um, it's becoming it's becoming about life and death because mm -hmm. we have to all agree. This goes back to your original point about about unity and, and, and maybe where we disagree a little bit because I think that unity doesn't mean that we're all going to believe the same things. Unity just means that we learn not to kill each other. And, and you've, you've, been, you've been in this, uh, you're questioning this idea of live and let live. To me, um, and, and by the way, I like the way that you flipped it so that um, the grassroots is on the bottom. I think, I think that makes some sense. But, I think, can I can yeah. I just say, I actually, I think yours makes equal sense and perhaps maybe more meaning, who's to say, but there's a deep meaning in having love up here because one other way of seeing that is that the bottom 
which is not good nor bad, but the bottom is the material reality. Yeah. And then the top as we rise spiritually is the spiritual reality of yeah. love. But but to me, um, I, I like the idea of, of, of unity. And again, this is, is how you think about what these words mean. My version is um, we're going to find common ground and we're going to work through that process. And it's a it, it has to be a free process because telling people to agree with you, telling people to respect your personal choices is the opposite of where respect comes from. And so we're, we're going to work through this process and we're going to find a couple things we agree on, hopefully. Think, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. I would love if we could just get to there. Um, but that's where all the diversity comes from because we're all different and we're going to have a infinite number of different views um, from everything to, to religion to, to sex to everything we argue about today um, but in a world where people aren't hurting me or taking my stuff I can I can tolerate and and ultimately respect a lot of choices that I personally wouldn't make and probably disagree with and that's sort of my utopian libertarian thing I don't think it's that utopian though because I think this is how people have figured out how to get along with each other um, for the entire of, of history. And the only alternative has been war and violence. And where does being armed factor into this worldview? Oh, that's a great question. And I, I um, one of my favorite libertarians asked this question, what's the best way to keep your family safe? And um, it would be quite typical for a libertarian to say, arm up have lots of guns and defend your family and be prepared to do so. And what my libertarian friend says is, no, that's not right. Um, because if we live in that kind of world where um, mobs rule, um, first of all, you don't want to live in that world. And he's like, you are safest if your neighbor shares the same respect for life and property that you do. So shared values. Um, now I, I'm I'm a rabid Second Amendment guy. Um, I don't, I, and I think the main reason that we have the Second Amendment is not to protect us from our neighbor; it's to protect us from an authoritarian government. But I I think if we ever got to the point where we had to defend our family by being well armed, we've already lost. We've lost everything that matters. So I. This this is and this is. Um, this will upset some of our friends on Discord who would absolutely want to be well-armed. Forever and ever. Yeah, as the solution. And it's like, it's not the solution. The solution is is, is living in communities that, that respect your life and your choices. Yes, and we, we connect on that. And I think that's where we can slightly disagree perhaps on like the current individual level of the way we live our lives but then if we can rise above it that's where the true unity is i wanted to say something about i guess what property means and what life means and what comes to mind just off the cuff is intellectual property and i i don't think i mean that exactly the way it's used currently but i mean like not, not a legal term no i mean the intellectual property of my mind yeah. and my conscience. Mm -hmm. 
And when you bring up my frustration with the live and let live platitude, um, that brings up my frustration with the, the gender identity theory cult, mm-hmm. um, which I, I classify as a second sect of scientism, the first one being COVID. Yeah. If you've made it this far into the show, it means I must be doing something right. Kibbe on Liberty is just one of the amazing products we created for the people. We tell emotionally compelling stories and produce educational videos for the Liberty Curious. Our award-winning documentaries personalize all things Liberty, independence, creativity, hard work, integrity, and perseverance. After the show, check out our work at freethepeople.org. And if you like what you see, donate to support what we do. That's freethepeople.org. Now back to the show. Let's go into that. Um, You've had a number of guests on your show. Um, A young woman who detransitioned. I don't remember her name. Kat Kattenzen. Yeah. And how did you, how did you go down this path? When when was this? When did this become a big issue for you? Is it is it linked to the Iranian protests, woman, life, liberty? That came after. Yeah. I would be lying if I didn't tell you this or I would be dancing around the honest answer to your question that there is a there is a child well now young adult technically according to our constructs um, who is near and dear to me who is being mutilated and that is her right but um, celebrating that right is a whole nother yeah ball game so it's personal it's personal um how old is she i'd rather not say okay fair enough well fine 18 yeah um because that um i mean i like we we talk about this from what from a a pure libertarian perspective where that line is and and i'm not sure exactly where it is i i think what I struggle with is uh, I, I, I particularly don't like um, parents or governments allowing that with children, but I also don't think that I'm in the camp that would take away the rights of parents. Um, I, I, you have to, the, I, wanna, I wanna side with parents' rights. Um, and I know there's exceptions to that, very clear ones, but where, where are you on it? You're just like, no. I, well, on an ind- individual level, I'm like, no. Uh, big picture, I agree with you. I would like to side with parents' rights. Um, parents don't have the right to abuse their power, but also what does that mean within the context of the gender identity cult? Because I don't think, hardly any of these people understand how they've been programmed yeah. so how could i say they p- they're abusing their power when actually they are being abused by corrupt powers from the top down yeah there's this um did you see the bill maher monologue where and he's he's been um, um more and more courageous challenging his own community on a lot of things and it's funny because there was a time when i only agreed with bill maher maybe 30 40 percent of the time and now it's like 90 plus percent of the time. And I'm like, this is a weird world where, where that's happening. But he had this, and I'll butcher it, but he had this, this interesting monologue where he was saying that 
in California over the last three generations, um, the trans population doubles every generation. And if you do the math, in California, in X number of years, everyone will be trans. And he's like, that doesn't seem like biology to me. That seems like ideology. And, and I'm butchering his words, and you can go watch this. But I do think that it's become political. And I think, um, I think it's, it's affecting children. I, I'm, I'm of the camp that adults should make their own choices. And I think, I think that's okay. And, um, but they should make their choices and they don't have a right to expect me to respect them for those choices. Um, they can earn that respect or they don't have to care, but they don't get to like pass a law that says I have to respect their pronouns. And that's, that's my live and let live attitude. But you're not quite there. Well, I'm not quite there on a personal level, but uh, yeah, it's still a big picture. I think I'm almost there, maybe. Yeah. Um, this comes back to intellectual property, my conscience, my mind. No, um, you can't force me to say a, a man can become a woman. That's never going to be possible. Or who's to say never? I don't know what crazy advances science will make, um, which I find, frankly find godless. If, <laughs> um, fine, okay, fine, you can change your material reality, you can have yourself mutilated. And I, I have deep empathy for the people who don't feel at home in their bodies. I really do. Well, I have empathy, but honestly, it's been waning because I'm, I'm not going to let someone dictate what I must say. I'm not going to let someone coerce my speech. You know what sets humans apart from the rest of the species is speech. We are, we are the only species that can communicate our ideas through words and more profoundly through storytelling. Maybe my resistance to the stories of trans-identified individuals is that their stories, frankly, all sound kind of the same, aside from some of the cooler individuals yeah. out there um so on this issue i'm pretty focused on the truth of the matter mm -hmm. a man we're gonna waste 10 seconds of our time just to remind anyone who's forgotten that a man is an adult human male a woman is an adult human female and intersex individuals like men or women each have either male or female gametes that's the truth so you're going into the fact thing again. Um, we'll, we'll see if we get a strike on YouTube for you saying that. It'll, it'll be funny um, or not funny. But um, well, let's talk about speech because I, I, I love the way you say that. And by the way, um, your intellectual property definition um, invokes Ayn Rand in my mind. It's, it's, it's not mystical at all. It's um, that and I... I, I you know that I'm, I'm a big fan of her. She turned me on to the fact that I owned myself when I, was, when I was very young. But I always thought that was a great way to think about the world. You own yourself. It's a responsibility. Um, don't waste it. Don't abuse it. Don't wait for somebody else to fix your problems for you. And those are obviously very libertarian instincts, but I think they're radically liberating if, you're, if you've caged yourself thinking that you're a victim or that somebody else is going to show up and solve your problems for you, you're not living. 
um, and she starts with the mind and and um, intellectual ownership um, so you, you may be more Randian than you know hmm. <laughs> um, but let's talk about speech because because this seems to be where most people like you someone that's left the left for liberty um, and I see this this broad new coalition emerging I just mentioned Bill Maher um, there's a lot of comedians in this space Tulsi Gabbard Tulsi Gabbard um, there's a there's there's a few politicians in this space um, but there's a there's a lot of people that um, and, and the other thing like um, you read these articles from the intercept about you know exposing um, the Department of Homeland Security policing speech um, from the highest echelons of the Biden administration. Those articles are written by um, people that used to be my fierce critics. Um, and I love that because they're, it, the, the umbrella is free speech. The umbrella is, is being anti-authoritarian. Um, and it, these are core values, um, the ability to, to speak um, even when you're wrong, even when people disagree with you, um, even when you might be the only single person that's right. And that's the most uncomfortable moment, going back to that dissident mind. Um, speaking, and this, this is trite, but it's true, speaking truth to power. Um, speaking truth to corrupt power. Yeah. Because there is such a thing, I think, as pure power, and that's where the empowerment of the individual comes in. Because there are very few times I know I'm right. And maybe it's coming from a not-so-great place that I want to state what is a woman all the time. Because I, I think, if I'm being honest, I do kind of get a high off of it. I like being 100% right about something. Um, but that's actually not the most important thing to me along these lines. What's really important is the non-aggression principle um, of libertarianism, which ties into consent. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you do you, you live and, live and let live. But what about my consent? There's, um, there's a feminist organization in the liberty space that says consent in all things. That's another platitude. Mm -hmm. Not a principle at this point. Because... Uh, no, we have to reckon with the fact that men want to self-identify into women's spaces and, you know, vice versa. But we also have to reckon with the fact that men and boys are usually physically stronger than women. There's a lot of tension between the sexes. Not, you know, not all the gusts, but I mean, yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot <laughs> um, between you know, I think it's more like institutional, like those people who are like really caught up in sports and really big organizations. I, I do see I do see a patriarchy. I actually convinced someone at our party last night, a, another young woman. The patriarchy is real and it's on fire on the left because here we have these delusional men pushing their way into women's spaces and overriding their consent. And how dare you? How dare you? Sports, for instance. For instance. Yeah. 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 Domestic violence shelters. Yeah. You think about um, 
and of course, I feel like you follow this closer than me, but J.K. Rowling originally has been demonized um, because she was saying, was, was she talking about sports first, saying you're, you're destroying women's sports? I don't know if she's, she was talking much about sports, yeah. um, but she actually just opened a rape center for only women. Mm-hmm. And that, that's been more of her focus, as I understand. Okay. So this is, is this, is this your gateway into this subject? Like what, like when, when did you say, wow, that's fucked up? Well, I've already told you the personal yeah. aspect of, there's another, there's a second personal aspect of this. Prior to the pandemic, I healed at a domestic violence shelter and then I began to volunteer there. And it was mostly women. I honestly didn't know that we had men in the shelter. And I'm okay with that if that's understood by everyone. Um, But for whatever reason, it was just a very female-oriented space. And I experienced someone telling me um, basically that I had no right to well it wasn't so much about me because I, I was okay but I I wanted to create a space kind of micro to JK Rowling's efforts I wanted to create a space locally for only females to gather and to have group counseling to heal from domestic violence and I was told that apparently there's no right to this anymore and you can do it individually you can have a female counselor individually but no, you have no right to a female-only space. Only people with vaginas. Birthing people. Birthing people, yes. Yeah, yeah. people who menstruate. Yeah. If you remember, you've done a bunch of shows now. How many How many have you done? I think 20. Yeah. And it's been about a year now? Yeah, just over a year. Yeah. What do you want to do next? What do you, what do you aspire for this series? More about art and religious freedom. Yeah, so nothing controversial at all. <laughs> uh what why do you say that i'm being sarcastic okay yeah. <laughs> um so are you, are you enjoying it i am yeah um I or is just, it, is it yeah. uncomfortable getting um I, I think you're you're red-pilled and i don't mean that in a political sense um i mean it in a matrix sense that um the more that you dig the more uncomfortable it gets because you learn how the world works and you you learn about um I, I do think there's structural injustices. I, I think they come from the government. But being involved and thinking about these things and talking to people that, that have been very much targeted for, for being dissidents, that, that can like make life less fun, too. It can. Yes. Um, I actually have more to say about why bravery is beautiful. I could go on about how depressing it is. Um, I think anyone who's watching probably has their own story of how depressed they've become from being red-pilled and black-pilled. So I'd like to take this higher or lower, depending yes, on how. Yes, please. You, yeah. Please cheer us um, up. Sure, I'll cheer you up <laughs> as much as I can. I think bravery is beautiful. And for me, that's not a platitude because what I've noticed among dissidents and whistleblowers And I I consider myself a dissident, an introverted dissident, and we'll get to that. 
is that they're choosing courage over comfort and they're committed to their values. Choosing courage over comfort sounds kind of like a platitude if you're not really doing it. What I love about connecting with distance and lifting their stories and adjacently lifting mine from time to time is that so many of us are introverts. And as much as I appreciate like the Matt Walsh's of the world kind of, you know, like the really extroverted um, kind of disagreeable types. It's it's possible he likes being an a-hole. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stray away from that. But um, the introverted dissident is special. And specialness can be lonely. And it can set you apart. For as long as I can remember, um, I've been told that I'm special. And this is something I have in common with some of the introverted dissidents that I've connected with. Pamela Garfield Yeager, one of the therapists I interviewed, talks about this during our interview as well. Feeling like you just don't quite fit in and therefore kind of being quiet about it. Why should I waste my breath? Why should I waste my speech? And with that, you're a quiet observer and you're collecting information, you're collecting stories, and you probably have a really good memory. And finally, in and after 2020, some of us introverted dissidents exploded with a flow of all that information, all those things that we suspected, all that corruption, all that foolishness, the lack of depth, it all became so apparent in many ways. One example would be COVID. There was this obsession with the material reality that our bodies must be the same. We must all have this mRNA vaccine in order to be treated equal. And meanwhile, some of these same people are preaching equality and tolerance from a racial lens, which I agree with, but they're hypocrites about it. Because on a really deep fundamental level, they still, through policy and through social pressure, we're saying, well, if your material reality doesn't match mine, and if your mind and conscience don't match mine for the sake of the greater good so they speak so they say and screw equality that's that that's really what it came down to and i really think the only answer to that is going higher in a way to reach the spiritual and to think about what principles unite us one thing i noticed during the election was that everyone agreed that we were on the precipice of possible authoritarianism, when the, whether you were on the right or left, we all agreed that we wanted to be free. Did you see that as well? Could you see it then? At Kibbe on Liberty, freedom is a lifestyle 24-7, something you live and breathe and wear every day. If that describes you, you need the very best Liberty swag in the market today just like this shirt I happen to be wearing. Go to freethepeople.org slash KOL and check out our exciting merch. You too can love liberty and look cool. 
it's always there. Um, and, and people are, I think people struggle with consistency on this because going back to your point about the word freedom, um, I'm afraid quite often when we worry about authoritarianism, we just see the authoritarianism in the other team's guy. So, you know, Trump is Hitler. Um, I, I never thought Trump was Hitler, but I was very critical of, of many things he did. Um, but on many of those same things, Biden is worse. But Team Biden doesn't see that. So they, they talk about it, but I'm not sure, particularly when it comes to tribal sports, they either don't know what it means or they don't care. Um, they have their blinders on when they're looking at their own team. But that's the, the why you step up, why I step up, why um, these dissidents step up is that this is, this is the fight we fight. You, you call it the hero's journey, and that's <laughs> how you started your series. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't believe that these problems are solved um, by electing the right guy. Um, it's going to be us stepping up, risking our lives or at least our reputations and our friendships. Like whatever, whatever that cost is, that's, that's built into the process because generally speaky, speaking, people are going to be uncomfortable and disagree with you just because they've, been, they've gotten comfortable with too much authoritarianism. Um, but that was, um, I, as I recall, you, you started this whole series through the Hero's Journey frame. Yes. Uh, the Hero's Journey is a, a literary term, um, and many of probably our favorite stories follow that, um, that the Hero's Journey. <sighs> and I started the series asking... What motivates someone to step out as an individual when it's quite controversial to do so? And how many of us are there? The part about motivation, I think that was coming from, from a really deep place of feeling like my spirit was strengthening. And it strengthened a lot more since I started the series because I started out very solitary writing the articles, you know, as many of us did waking up, we thought we were the only ones we thought we were special. And as as it happens with writing articles, often you're making a lot of statements. Um, and I try to pose questions as well. But I was making a lot of statements about what's right, good and true, you know, and trying to stay flowing and open, open. Um, and in that that solitary yeah, reflection, um, there was a certain loneliness. And then as, as I was connecting with dissidents and whist whistleblowers in the Western world at Freedom Fest last year, I realized, yes, we're special as individuals, but there is something that bring us, brings us together. And I, f I felt like that was a strengthening of the spirit, something really deep within that you had to, you, yeah, you know what you had to do. Like I said, it was almost like you didn't have a choice. There was something greater. Whether it's, we want to say greater is the government, corrupt power, or God. There was something from up above that forced us all together. That's the motivation part. The second question I think came from my really deep, 
deep-rooted desire to to count it's actually it was kind of maybe in a way like kind of fact-based where it was like I want a percentage how many of us are there who cares who cares how many of us are there if you know you're right and you have one person you know like you and me if you have one person you can talk to and forge a deep connection with if it's deep enough I think that's to some degree enough but the camaraderie and this see this is where I think libertarians um like maybe they kind of stray from like wanting to have camaraderie and a group you know even at the party I felt like I felt like it was hurting cats almost which is fun I love cats cats are libertarians I have one of my own honey is her name and she's a very independent cat but we are not cats (laughs) We are humans, and what sets us, sets us apart from cats is our speech and our storytelling. And, yeah, telling a story to yourself. And, and community. And, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's like yeah. storytelling, actually, anciently, like story, storytelling, um, like in the oral traditions of Celtic culture, for instance, it was actually oral. It was passed down simply that way it wasn't even written down and as a writer I get so caught up in the stories that I tell myself and the stories that I write and I was in a way kind of getting caught up in a web in 2020 and parts of 2021 and I set an intention at the beginning of this year to not write and publish any more articles I wrote one more just to try to convince people of my humanity as an unvaccinated person. I know that, that was maybe foolish, but I, you know, I wrote it from the heart. Glad I published it. But then after that, I said, no, I'm committing to my New Year's resolution. No more articles. And interestingly, I ended up asking and writing almost only questions for an entire year. Questions to ask guests on my podcast hundreds of questions and I think that's in most ways I think really really opened me up and reminded me in a deeper sense that I as frustrated as I get and as many times as frankly I've shouted people down over the past couple of years because I'm right (laughs) about some things um there is there is a deeper meaning to life besides being right. And it's in the, it's in the way of co-creating stories, co-creating mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. This, um, you're touching on something that um, libertarians, at least the activists, like the, the big L libertarians, party or otherwise, we have a blind spot on you know, the, the, the beautiful things that happen when we work together the community aspects of, of humans being humans. And, and I, I, for one, have tried to remind people that if you have to be alone because you can't find that, that agreement, that's fine if you have to because right is right. But we don't have to. And we can, we can find um, a place together and working together is where the good stuff comes from. So I... I don't. I don't think these are in any way inconsistent, but but I think libertarians sort of lean towards um, you know, am I being detained? Um, um, don't take my guns, kind of mentality, and that that's fine. I'm one of those guys, but but I think it's better if if we if we look for this bigger stuff too, and 
we are running out of time, but I need, and, and we're going to continue this on your podcast. And um, I'm afraid as to these questions you've developed um, and, and what's going to happen. But uh, for people watching this podcast, where do we find um, your podcast and where do we find you on um, I don't know if you're still on Parlor, but where are you? I'm not on Parlor, truthfully. <laughs> I'm, I'm not anymore. No, um, neither am I. Because um, it just, well, we don't need to go there. But um, we, I try many places um, because I want to reach people where they're at. And where are you at? Leaving the Left for Liberty, my series is on our channel, Free the People's Channel on YouTube and anywhere else you find podcasts. And um, I'm most easily found and reached on Instagram at Sovereign underscore Sienna. Um, there's a picture of me wearing a red dress with a microphone. And there's a heart by my name because I do try to lead with my heart. I try. Um, anyhow, I'm also on Instagram as The Quarantined Gardener, which is another way you can follow my journey of creating beauty in the world. And essentially why bravery is beautiful is what drives me. I'm also on Medium and Substack. Okay, so you're you're out there. I'm out there on Facebook as well. Thank, thanks. This was awesome. Hopefully, you had a good time. I did. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for watching. If you liked the conversation, make sure to like the video, subscribe, and also ring the bell for notifications. And if you want to know more about Free the People, go to freethepeople.org.